It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Ezekiel Elliott to the Cincinnati Bengals. Adam Schefter says it's one of the three possibilities on the table for Zeke. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lisko. He's your host, James Rapine. We're part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, and you can follow us anywhere you get your podcasts or hit the subscribe button and the bell on YouTube. You'll get notified when we upload our content every day. You can join that first listen club when you get those notifications. And today we're going to talk about Ezekiel Elliott. We'll see if he's signed by the time we finish recording this episode or not, because that can sometimes happen at this time of year, but Adam Schefter on Thursday reporting that Ezekiel Elliott has narrowed down his options about where to play to the Eagles, Jets, and Bengals and would like to make his decision about where to sign by the end of next week per sources. So this could still take quite a bit of time, and this isn't clear as to whether or not he has offers from these teams or if he's just saying, hey, Bengals, Jets, and Eagles – Come sign me, please. Sounds like he believes he has an option to play at one of these three places. And this is a name that for the third straight day we're discussing on Lockdown Bengals. And James, if you had asked me like the least likely names to discuss at any point in free agency on this podcast, Ezekiel Elliott probably Mm -hmm. would have been at least close to the list, if not on the list. But here we are three days in a row looking for a Samaj P. Ryan replacement because I think that's what Ezekiel Elliott is. And Ezekiel Elliott appears to be a candidate for a job with the Bengals. The Bengals are interested. That's what that tweet is. I mean, all three teams, all three of those teams are interested. And it's uh, it's wild because you're right. I mean, throwing it out there, I felt like I had to preface it with about 52 different qualifiers over the past couple of days. But it makes sense. This makes a ton of sense. And not that they would ask Ezekiel Elliott to be all pro Zeke, rookie of the year Zeke, guy who was just dominant catching 95 passes and and just one of the most dynamic backs we've seen over the past decade, Zeke. Not that guy, no. But you're right, Samaj P. Ryan. Bigger name Samaj P. Ryan in his pursuit of a Super Bowl championship. That's what Zeke is. He's still a high-end pass blocker, which the Bengals are missing. And one thing that we've talked about a ton on this podcast, and it seems like every Bengals fan has talked about it, is the Joe Mixon. Where should Joe Mixon go? Uh, You know, what should they do with Joe Mixon? Excuse me. Uh, Should they go in the direction of move on from him, ask him to take a pay cut? Should they just keep him at that $12.7 million cap hit? And there are people on all three sides of that. And I think regardless of that, this is strictly finding someone that can help Joe Burrow in the passing game, that can help close games. He's almost like the the closer in baseball 
where you, you want a pass blocker that can be on the field that you can trust with the game on the line because you know the ball is going to be in nine's hands. Because right now it's Travion Williams. I don't think they find that in the draft. It sure as hell isn't Joe Mixon. Look at the past couple of years. And that's not slandering him. It's just they don't trust him in those big-time moments when they're going to be drop-back passing. So Zeke makes a ton of sense there. And the other part of this, as washed as he is, and certainly he is not what he once was, he's still been effective in in a, a more of a complementary role. And so whether that's Joe Mixon, which I, I think it would be less likely at the, you know than it, a rookie, but if it's Joe Mixon or a rookie, getting a guy like Zeke Elliott to pass block, I think it's going to make Joe Burrow better. It's going to raise the the ceiling of this offense in crunch time. And a guy like Zeke could certainly help a, a young back as well learn how to pass block and learn how to do those things. So it makes a lot of sense to me, especially with no more Samaji P. Ryan. It doesn't seem like there are a lot of backs on the market that you'd say, all right, you trust him to pass block and you know, average four yards a carry, which I think Zeke is still capable of doing. So yeah, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't mind this signing. Now, what it comes down to, Jake, and we haven't talked about this part yet. Price. We have talked about it. What's the price? I mean today. What, today. What's what's the price? Is the price two years, seven and a half million like Samaj P. Ryan? Do you want to do that? Nope. Do you want to do two years six million? Do you want to do one year three million? I, I don't know what the price is, but I'm in if the price is right. I'm certainly not in if you were talking two years, 10 million. That doesn't make sense to me. But if you can bring him in, Joe Burrow's former teammate at Ohio State, Sam Hubbard's former teammate at Ohio State to help you and, and be this complimentary back, I think it would be a win for the Bengals. There's a number of ways you can compare Joe Mixon and Ezekiel Elliott if you really want to. I wouldn't say that you should want to do that. At this point, it's probably true that Joe Mixon has less wear and tear on his body. It's almost certainly true that he has less wear and tear on his body, all, going all the way back to their college years uh, and with Zeke's injury history. But Zeke stays on the field, as you mentioned, to pass block. He has 541 pass blocking snaps in his NFL career, which is one year longer than Joe Mixon's. Both of these guys have missed some time compared to 303 pass blocking snaps for Joe Mixon in one fewer season. That's a whole lot more pass blocking snaps per year for Zeke than for Joe Mixon is, as you said, renowned as a good pass blocker. Whether or not you believe PFF numbers or resident film expert on Lockdown Bengals, Mike Santagata, who tweeted that he's the best pass blocker in the NFL, I'll leave that up to you, the listener. Uh, but you all know that Mike certainly watches a lot of tape. But, you know, you, you look at their numbers, too. Because we're talking about Zeke as a Pirine replacement. That's how I think about it anyway. Maybe they go draft another feature back. Maybe Mixon's back in some capacity and continues to, to play running back for the Bengals. Those are both he, he very fits much on either, the table. Yeah, he fits either role. I think that's the beauty of signing someone like him. Is he, it, he could, it doesn't, he's not it doesn't mean the player. demise of Joe Mixon. It doesn't mean you can't draft a rookie right. and, and replace Mixon. You could go either way. Because at this point, you can sign Ezekiel Elliott to not be a bell cow back. But you look just at last year, some some weird similarities between Zeke, Zeke and Mixon, one of which Joe Goodberry pointed out on Twitter, like nearly identical breakaway percentage. It's a PFF stat that is a number of runs that goes for, I think, 10, more, 10 or more yards or 15 or more yards, a number of quote-unquote explosive runs, and we can compare those numbers too. But Zeke and Joe both had the same amount of offensive snaps last year, 295 
offensive snaps for both players. And uh, it looks like uh, Ezekiel Elliott had about five more carries, 3.7 yards per carry for Zeke, 3.9 yards per carry for Mixon. The yards after contact, very similar, 2.6 versus 2.7. The number of 10-plus yard runs for Ezekiel Elliott, 17 to 21 for Mixon. The number of 15-plus yard runs, 8 for Zeke, 7 for Mixon. The the breakaway percentage numbers, as we discussed, uh, 18%. For Zeke, 17.6% for Mixon. I mean, you go down the list of stats, Yep. very, very similar in a lot of ways. The big difference is Joe Mixon was much more productive in the receiving game for the Bengals because there is no Tony Pollard in in Dallas or in and Cincinnati. That's the, and that's the other part of it. Zeke has good hands. He can, he, he'll catch passes if you need to feature him that way. And you're right, just 17 receptions last year, but before that – Let's just go throughout his career, 32, 26, 77, 54, 52, 47, and, you know, led um, the NFL in in yards per game in his first three seasons. But he's capable of doing those things. And I I think it frees up what you can do draft-wise. But if if you land Jameer Gibbs, what's the the big fear? His size, asking him to do too much, all those. Well, you could just let him cook, and Zeke can spell him. And, and perform that role. Does Zeke compliment Joe Mixon? I think so. You know, if you want to go that way. So similar as runners, this. different skill sets in the in the past protection games specifically. Like Zeke is the guy you would put on the field between those two guys on third down, but similar as runners at this point in their careers. Sure. And 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 I'm in I'm in on this. I think it makes sense. And and just last thing on this, I I, I think the odds are, regardless of Zeke that if Joe Mixon isn't willing to take a pay cut, he, he's out of here. I still think that's the case. I don't think that's changed regardless of signing free agents or not. And so that's going to be up to Joe Mixon regardless if Zeke signs in Cincinnati or not. On that note, let's shift gears entirely and talk about tight ends. Foster Moreau got some very <laughs> troubling news that we'll talk about. It was weird for the worst reasons that you could imagine, uh, but he is unfortunately off the market. We'll talk a little bit about the Bengals' options here at tight end as it looks increasingly like we're going to have to look toward the draft for that answer. We'll get into that coming up next. The Built March Madness bracket is here, and we know you have a favorite Built Bar or Built Puff, and now is your time to make it count by going to BuiltMarchMadness.com to vote for your favorites. You know me. I like that mint chocolate. Got to have the mint chocolate in my life. And while there are a ton of different bars or puffs that you've had that you've tried, and when you vote at BuiltMarchMadness.com for your favorite bar or puff, you're going to be entered into a drawing where 50 lucky locked-on listeners will get a free box of built bars and not only that but one locked on fan will get a one-year subscription absolutely free to the best the best bars or puffs delivered monthly straight to your door which is the dream and so all you have to do is go to builtmarchmadness.com right now to vote for your favorite bar or puff and pick up a box while you're there again builtmarchmadness.com Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. 
They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ezekiel Elliott was on the same team as Joe Burrow. And Sam Hubbard. Yes. 2015. Foster Moreau, unfortunately, has a diagnosis of Hodgkin lymphoma. He is stepping away from the NFL. It was diagnosed by the Saints in the course of a physical being performed by the Saints uh, physician. It was the Saints physician who diagnosed Foster Moreau. We wish him all the best in his recovery. A couple of players have recovered from this disease and returned to play football. Uh, I think notably Eric. Nope. James Conner. Eric Berry, do I have that right? Eric Berry. Eric Eric Berry, James James Conner. I was wondering, yeah. Go ahead. Confused myself. Names and I this offseason have been an adventure. So wishing him well in his recovery for the Bengals. Would you be a better pass blocker or namesayer? Namesayer. I could practice that and get better. (laughs) I can't get better as a pass blocker. Um, The Bengals, of course, no longer have Foster Moreau as an option as they will join the rest of the world and wishing him well in his recovery. But that means that there isn't really a long-term tight end answer. If Foster Moreau would have even been that available on the market. And this week we've also seen Austin Hooper sign a relatively small deal and Dalton Schultz sign for what was projected a very small deal compared to what we might've initially expected yeah. Dalton Schultz to receive on the open market. The Bengals may or may not have been in on either of those players for the price that Austin Hooper ended up signing for. It's hard to believe that the Bengals were interested in his services because it seems like that's a contract they uh, you know, could have given out. And then when you look at who's still available to play tight end as far as free agents, and maybe this is where you, you want to think about a Jonah Williams trade, is, mm-hmm. is to find a team who would like to trade a tight end. But when you look at the free agents, we've talked about some of these names, Irv Smith, Zach Gentry, uh, Mercedes Lewis, Dan Arnold, Anthony Fersker. Names that don't necessarily inspire a ton of confidence to come in and and do what even Hayden Hurst did for this team last year, which is worst case, what I I thought they would land on is a Hayden Hurst-like deal for someone. Mm -hmm. But at this point, that isn't really out there. So if you're looking for, you know, tight end one, you're probably looking to the draft. But if you're looking for tight end two, they still need to make a move here. They do. And it is weird because the Foster Moreau, and obviously we wish him well. I hope he kicks cancer's ass and is back on the field next year. I assume that would be the earliest that that can happen. That said, Irv Smith is the only one on that list that to me makes sense as a guy who if everything went right and he's got the, the long injury history, but athletic wise, athleticism wise, fitting in this offense wise, if he stayed healthy, you could see him producing, you know, 45 catches, 400 yards, being that complimentary piece on the offense. But you know what? Maybe the Bengals just really looked at this tight end class and they said there are X amount of guys that can do what Hayden Hurst did last year that we're confident can do that. And so when they didn't get Foster Moreau, 
and found out because they did have time to pivot. And you've seen all the stories now and we've talked about it. The Bengals are really good at pivoting. That's Orlando Brown Jr., the biggest pivot that they've had to do in, in a long time in landing him in free agency. So I think they would have pivoted if they were worried about it and signed O.J. Howard, who they were interested in last year, yeah, or Austin Hooper. Or maybe they go big fish hunting and say, let's get Dalton Schultz because he's the ultimate one-year top tight end in this class, free agent class by far. And so I, I feel like that's their logic. But regardless of that, why not sign a, a Nerf Smith? Or if it's, if it's him or Drew Sample coming off of an injury? I'm not saying either one has a ton of upside, but I, I think that one makes sense. Mercedes Lewis is, we've talked about this, is as old as, as Brian Callahan, older than Brian Callahan, the Bengals OC. So I don't see that one happening. So to me, you're right, the draft, and just talking about the draft, the 28th pick, if you had to do odds on what position they would address, I've been defense at the combine. I was defense yesterday. I think we talked about this, and mm -hmm. I said I think they're going to take defense, whether it's defensive line or cornerback. And now, how do you wager against tight end? How do you wager against if they're staring at Michael Mayer that they don't take him? I, I just – this almost feels like – a few years ago, Jake, in 2020, they really wanted linebacker. And I don't think they really wanted tight end. I think they thought they were going to get one of these tight ends. They really wanted to address linebacker and free agency. That didn't happen. They pivot, spend the money elsewhere. And what did they end up doing? They drafted three linebackers. Mm -hmm. I don't think they're going to do that because they don't have the extra picks. But I think you're talking about tight end being very much in play at 28 now. Not that it never well, it was a, a never not in play, but I think it's much more in play now. And then the other thing, that double dip we talked about a couple weeks ago now, mm -hmm. I think that is more likely than ever and uh, would not be shocked if they double dip in the draft at tight end. And it is going to be interesting to see what kind of tight end that would be. That's going to be, I think, based on the move they end up making. And I think they've – I mean, even if it's Drew Sample, like they've got to make a move as, as all of our listeners – I don't know, maybe not all of them. Some of them recoil a little bit when we talk about re-signing Drew Sample, I assume, uh, because of, you know, how his career has gone. Just hasn't been what you would hope from a second-round tight end. They wanted to draft a tight end last year. We talked about that quite a bit. They, they never managed to, to have the value line up for them, and some of the guys they wanted went just before their pick a couple of times. But based on who they do sign – can they consider drafting a Dalton Kincaid or a Luke Musgrave or even a Sam Laporta? None of those guys are ready to come out, come into the NFL lineup in line and do anything approximating blocking in the passing game or run game. Not yet. And, and I don't even know what kind of capacity some of those guys have to learn that aspect of the game. So if that's what we're talking about, are you actually that open at tight end? How, how many tight ends can you really consider that, that could come in and do those things. I mean, Michael Mayer, certainly an option in the first round. I think Darnell Washington, an option in the first round. Uh, spent a lot of time talking about some of those guys yesterday with um, Max Toscano and, and Bengal Sands. Uh, there's a video on my Twitter page I'll, I'll put a link up to. Really interesting conversation about Darnell Washington that we're going to get into on the show at some point when we dive deeper into the tight end position in the draft. But 
those couple guys in the first round, Tucker Craft in the second round, Luke Schoonmaker, maybe third round, fourth round. Like those are the guys you're talking about who can come out and, and be an actual NFL tight end. Josh Wiley, maybe day three. Talk about his pro day a little bit. Uh, mm-hmm. Coming up in a minute here too. The Cincinnati Pro Day happened at the Bengals bubble on Thursday. Um, but but those complete tight ends that can line up in line and come in and and play from day one, and you're comfortable with them being a most downs tight end in your offense, are somewhat limited despite the depth of the tight end class. So when you start to talk about the type of tight end you need, that's where you, it, the the need to sign one of these guys as a free agent to me becomes more apparent because. They need to do. I think they need to do both, even if they plan to draft two tight ends, because mm-hmm. that's not it. The, the the way you talk yourself out of a tight end in the first round is as simple as positional value. Is sure the, they decide they want to go with a higher value position, be it corner, offensive line, defensive line, whatever. That's that's how you get off a tight end in the first round, and now you're hoping in the second round, hoping in the third round, etc. So. It's going to be something that we're going to continue to talk, to talk about, continue to dive into. I've watched more tight ends this year than any other position so far for the draft. So excited to get into that a little bit more and, as well. And to me, Irv Smith seems like the only one that hits the age and all of those things, but then he doesn't hit the injury part of it. Mm-hmm. So then do you go to Arnold or do you pivot to one of these other guys that aren't going to be inspiring and then I just come back to what they know. Mitch Wilcox, Drew Sample. If I had to guess, I feel like they just go back to what they know because it's not like there's anything better out there exactly. in their eyes. So exactly. we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. But uh, you're right. You mentioned Josh Wiley, the pro day at uh, the Bengals indoor. And we will uh, discuss that, which the University of Cincinnati pro day was lit last year. It was, it was pretty good this year. And I actually think this might be the year a Bearcat becomes a Bengal. So we'll do that coming up next. But The tournament is heating up, and there's no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. That's because right now FanDuel is giving new customers a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's up to $1,000 in bonus bets back. If your first bet doesn't win, just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up today to claim your first no-sweat first bet. And then you can wager on anything from the money line point spreads to the team that's going to end up cutting down the net. Don't miss your chance. At a no sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today at fanduel.com slash locked on to sign up. Make every moment more with FanDuel. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. UC Pro Day, James. You're on the mater, correct? Yes, sir. Yeah, way you, better you, than Northwestern. You were there, correct? Yeah. Way better than Northwestern, yep. I'm not going Twice. to even take the bait. Come on, take the bait. Let's go. No. Like not Let's even close. Not good enough. Tell me about UC's pro day at the Bengals bubble. It was way better than Northwestern's. I don't know how many times I have. No, it, uh, which, it which cool. school is going to have more first round picks this year? Oh, this year. Okay. Which school is better in football? You see this year. So there we go. Next not year. Not this year. Last year. Close Luke fickle. Last year. I, 
now hey hold on now hold on now but this isn't a bear, this isn't locked on bearcats <laughs> so anyways I, I, let's not get into it too deep here post luke fickle oh there's a reason about, fickle didn't go to northwestern talk about All taking right. the bait yeah um that said no josh wiley i think is a, a real contender for the Bengals. it makes a ton of sense he's tall fast moves well all of the things you're looking for in a tight end. And once upon a time, you mentioned UC being my, my, uh, the school where I received what, two? Yeah, two diplomas, as I can count here. Um, clearly, UC is great academic. Two. Let's go. <laughs> that said, I don't know of any tight ends that were going to go down as the greatest tight end in history that went to Northwestern or second greatest tight end or third. Travis Kelsey, I was at his pro day 10 years ago. And, uh, it was interesting because this year it wasn't as Wiley had already the hay was in the barn when it came to the 40 yard dash and there wasn't as much hype around Wiley because there's other NFL prospects 10 years ago. That wasn't really the case. It was just everyone staring at Travis Kelsey and just wondering how it was going to go and all of those things, watching him run the 40 for the the pro scouts and coaches and stuff. So it, it was pretty cool, but I, I do, I think Josh Wiley makes sense for the Bengals He's part of that second half double dip that that you could see them doing second half of the draft. I don't think they're going to double dip at tight end with their, you know, two of their first three picks, but I definitely think they'll take one with one of their first three picks. I think that's day one, day two. And then on day three, I think they would come back and be interested in Josh Wiley. I just don't know if he'll fall. Cause there's this weird gap if you look at big boards, Jake, where it's like the top 70 picks, there are a bunch of tight ends. And then there's a gap to pick like 120, 130. I think Wiley might go late day two, early day three, late, you know, late round three, early round four, like in that range. So the Bengals miss him there. I'm talking about like the compensatory part of round three or then early round four. Could be. It's too bad that he missed with the injury, right? That That really – kind of take some wind out of his sails. The consensus average, not consensus, the, big, the, the average. What do you mean? Did he injury? miss time from injury? Didn't he only play two games last year? I thought he played more than two games. Maybe I'm missing. You would know better than me. Yeah, he played 12 games. I was like, what am I talking about? Okay. So he's not been injured at all? No. Nope. I was wondering. I was like, what injury? Was his production just way down? No. I mean... 32 receptions, 326 yards, three touchdowns. The year prior, 26 receptions, 332, six touchdowns. Okay, so just never all that productive. Doesn't get – no, I mean, he just doesn't get the targets that – I mean, you could I say think, not productive, but – I think when I looked at his college career, I looked at it backwards. He only played two games as a freshman, which makes sense. Yeah, so there probably, you go. You that that must be what happened. I looked at it backwards. But uh, that, that's the hole in his profile, really, is the production. Comes in as a 30 percentile – uh, market share production tight end doesn't have like the dominator, the breakout age stuff as a receiver that some of the other guys in this class, namely Mayer and Kincaid, can boast as part of their draft profile. Even Sam Laporta to some degree, uh, check those boxes a little bit better. But he looks like a good athlete, mm-hmm. he's a little bit older coming out too. And, and those are the things that are pushing him down is, is the age and the productivity. He's, he's not checking that production checkbox for NFL teams, but seems like a guy that is in play on day three for the Bengals. And 
wouldn't be shocking to see him go a little bit earlier than that. But the average big board rank where I was going earlier is right around 150, give or take, which could get you toward the end of the, the fourth round. Yeah, if he's there. Yeah, that sounds right. So, yeah, if he's there at the end of round four, and let's say you've drafted a tight end, you might go tight end, tight end at 92 mm-hmm. and then whatever their their fourth round pick is. it 143, I think they have. So you you could see that like if they if they go corner round one and insert whatever position round two that you want to could you see back to back tight ends I could because that might that might be the time to strike and get the good value. Um, that said, there are some other guys that I think well, that the Bengals real, would be real quick the, the last, in. last yeah. notes on Wiley he he's an in line tight end yes. that's worth it's pointing matters. out. Yep, he's got a ton of experience as a blocker. In his in his collegiate career as an inline tight end, so that's part of the thing as well. Where earlier I was talking about the types of tight ends that can actually line up and play tight end for you, and and you think might be able to come in and do all the jobs of a tight end relatively early in their careers. Josh Wiley's also on that list of guys who aren't just sure. big slot receivers, which is what Sam Laporta and like Dalton Kincaid are, mm-hmm. and. I like his game. It'll be interesting to see where he ends up, but uh, I could see him going higher. But yeah, if he's there in round four, he's not going to be there at the end of round five. I'd be pretty floored. And that's the other part of this. That's like the range, probably. Early day three. Mm -hmm. In sure. But it's just drafting at the back end. Man, it's tough. That that said, just a couple other guys. Tyler Mm -hmm. Scott uh, was, uh, was able to redeem himself a bit with the 40-yard dash at, at UC's Pro Day, was in the four threes. I saw four three two unofficial. It, it depends on exactly what the time was. But after kind of underwhelming, I would say, 40-yard dash-wise in Indy, he was able to redeem himself there. And he's obviously super fast on the field and made a bunch of big plays for the Bearcats. And quarterback play was an issue for UC this past year. You know, it's no secret about it. So... I, I think that, that uh that'll be taken into consideration some. But I, I think he could be a late day two, early day three pick. Ivan Pace Jr., size gonna keep him from being a, a one of those top picks, but he could be a day two guy, I would say, certainly early day three. And then Trey Tucker, late day three, is is someone the Bengals could eye if they want that return specialist little speedy guy late. They could go that route. I think they'll have already addressed receiver by then. But just some guys to have. He ran a four three two unofficial as well, and it can also fly. No so, love for Leonard Taylor. No, he, there you go, Leonard Taylor. But you you talk about the trenches, man. Come on now, he's I talk about end. a linebacker. He's a tight end, right? Oh, oh, sorry, Taylor didn't test today. That's why. Oh, okay, I, he, I don't he's know. Gonna I don't have, know Cincinnati. I don't know anything about Leonard Taylor other than that no. He, he was he, the uh, other sorry, at Cincinnati. You, you threw me off. No, he's going to test on April eleventh. He's going to have a private workout. He he was injured. He got injured at the combine, and so he's just a little, little. He was there today though, and I do think he'll get drafted, probably day three late. But I do think he'll get drafted. Who knows? Maybe that's the the second tight end. Everyone's talking about Josh Wiley and Leonard Taylor ends up running the Bearcats, but uh, didn't have a ton of production. Um, so yeah. Speaking of tight ends not testing, Dalton Kincaid also did not test. At Utah's Pro Day, you, I don't remember if we mentioned this earlier, but uh, Kincaid injured won't be cleared until May. Is that correct, James? I think yep. you told me earlier. So we won't see – After Dalton the Kincaid. draft, May. 
yep. testing until after the draft, which for some teams is going to be a problem. Will certainly be a factor in his ranking on the draft rankings that we put out uh, later uh, in, in April, probably, because athletic testing is such a huge part of, of what goes into those grades in addition to film grade and productivity and all those things. And Kincaid has the best productivity profile in this class, but him not testing is, is going to be a, a limiting factor in his grade in the end in our system, which is going to cause him to come out a little bit lower for us than he does on the big boards you see around the internet. But that's going to do it for this episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. We continue to wait and watch as the Bengals have some more decisions to make on this roster, if it's Joe Burrow's extension or T Higgins, Logan Wilson extensions, or deciding what to do with Jonah Williams or drafting on Thursday or drafting Leonard Taylor. I just real quick. I looked up his production top the 100 yard mark. The past three seasons had 16 receptions for 191 in 2020, 28 for 268 and then 18 for 170. So no, I, but I, I think he, could if he tests well, I think he would be a day three type guy and get taken. Could be could be a priority free agent, undrafted free agent in the mix as well. But we'll see. And we'll get more into these tight ends, of course, in the draft as we get closer to the draft. But like I said, that's it for this episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. We'll talk to you early next week, unless the Bengals make another move before then. In which case, we may be back to tell you a little bit about that move and how important it is, like a Jonah Williams trade which I started to talk about and the Bengals may or may not be navigating this weekend or a Joe Mixon decision, which I don't think the Bengals are necessarily feeling very rushed to get around to until next time. Bengals fans. Thanks for listening. Who day and have a good one. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this off season, look no further than the locked on NFL scouting podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.